Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to this edition of V Radio. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the subject of ad hominem debate tactics. Um, I wasn't originally planning to do a show about this, but uh, after a lot of requests for a show on the subject or people talking about this particular blog post, uh, it was originally actually a thread started on the Zeitgeist Movement forums. Um, I decided to go ahead and do a show about it. So to ensure that the conversation flows freely, since people have a tendency to chicken out and not call in, um, or maybe they'll ask questions in the chat room, we'll see. But um, and, uh, in addition to that, I wanted to tell you guys, I'm really sorry that I haven't been doing more shows. That's going to change like effective immediately. I've just uh, realized it's been rather emotionally messed up. So I haven't even been able to play video games. Just <laughs> as an example, I don't even, I've just been kind of, gimping around. Um, but things seem to have been better now, so I'll be able to conduct myself a lot better as a, re- as a result. Um, in addition, uh, tomorrow we have the interview with Peter Joseph himself here on V Radio. Uh, I'm looking forward to this show. It'll be the same time tomorrow. I'm hoping to have a couple panelists for that show, but I'm also hoping that you guys will be able to get an opportunity to call in and talk to Mr. Joseph and ask him the questions that you've all been dying to ask to give you some unprecedented access. It's going to be a two-hour show. Um, obviously, I'm going to want to get in some words in edgewise myself, obviously, but um, we're going to be you know, trying to make some opportunities for people to talk more openly about things. Just please try to keep your questions relevant. I don't want to answer any more questions about 2012 or any of the other things that people have been blogging down the various zeitgeist movement um, meetings when we're talking to Mr. Fresco and such with. Um, no offense to anybody, but try to keep your questions pertinent to the zeitgeist movement, the resource-based economy concept, um, things of that nature. Um, so today, it has been a little while since I've had some of these people on here. Um, so I'm going to start with Chibi because he likes to do this the least. Um, please introduce yourself to our listeners, Chibi. Hello, I'm Chibi. That was easy. <laughs> okay, and um, returning from the depths of darkness uh, of lack of internet, it reminds me of that uh, one South Park episode where the internet turns off and everybody acts like it's a you know a uh, <laughs> some kind of disaster. They've got like camps set up for people who need internet and stuff like that. But I think you already know who you are because I heard you key up. So thunder. Uh, it's, it's your opportunity to come out loud and say, hey, man, I'm back. Tell them who you are, and, you know, will they be expecting any more shows from you, et cetera? Yeah, I, I put the show in hiatus for right now. Hello, everybody. Um, and, yes, thank you. I got my computer back thanks to a uh, $280 bill and planned obsolescence. I was without a computer for a while. So got to love that planned obsolescence, I'm telling you. Okay, um, and that brings us up to uh, somebody who's helping us change the paradigm of the way we think about diet. Paradigm, bring up your, you know, once again, sound off, tell us who you are, and tell us what you're doing here. Yes, indeed, I'm Paradigm, and I'm also a owner of a Dell computer that has given me trouble as well. I don't have a working keyboard on it, uh, and I would attribute that to planned obsolescence as well, but uh, nevertheless, I'm here, and indeed, I'm very focused on diet, but I wouldn't consider myself only interested in that area, so um, I guess I'm a, uh, I don't know, multidimensional individual. 
I was just going with uh, what you're known best for, but yeah, you, you definitely are a multi-dimensional interv- you know, individual. I wouldn't invite you onto these shows because this show has nothing to do with diet. Although I'm sure eventually we'll figure out some way to talk about diet. Um, this show in particular is about ad hominem debate tactics. Um, okay, for those of you who would like to uh, read along with me, uh, you can go to the V Radio blog, and uh, it is the the top post in the blog. And it's actually taken from a forum post from the Zeitgeist forums. Uh, you can go there by visiting v-radio.org. That's v-radio.org. Only it's a hyphen, not a dash, etc. Um, if you go there, you'll see that my blog is listed on the front page as one of the links that's um, directly on the page itself. But um, in any case, um, I'm going to go ahead and read from that today. And uh, then we're going to, or tonight, and then we're going to talk about it. Uh, once again, V Radio is still looking for donations for this month, and I promise I'll make it worth your while. I know that I haven't been doing as many shows as I should have been, but that's going to change right now. I know I owe you guys all a hell of a lot more for all the help that you've given me so far, and you're absolutely going to get it. And thanks to Mr. Joseph having me on his show. Um, it kind of renewed my vigor for wanting to do this. So in any case... Um, Ad hominem, a serious threat to all intellectual debate. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read it as it is on the blog. I wrote this a long time ago on the Zeitgeist forums, and I think it bears repeating here. I am writing this here as it is clear that debates on this forum, just as many other forums like it, is fraught with a plague that chokes to death intellectual discussion and hinders the purest forms of communication. An open exchange of ideas where the goal of both participants is to further their understanding of the subject. As was pointed out in Zeitgeist, we tend to equate being wrong to somehow being inferior. This results in the topic of the conversations presented becoming a conflict of egos and reputations rather than an exchange of information to reach conclusions. Miyamoto Masashi was a great swordsman, perhaps the best of his time. He used to say, quote, today's goal is to defeat yesterday's understanding. The form of debate that I wish to expose for what it is and ask that we all apply social pressure to eliminate from our communication is called ad hominem. I give a link here to the Wikipedia uh, explanation. Then, um, quote, an ad hominem argument, also known as argumentum ad hominem, Latin argument to the man or argument against the man, consists of replying to an argument or factual claim by attacking or appealing to a characteristic or belief of the source, making the argument or claim, rather than by addressing the substance of the argument or producing evidence against the claim. The process of proving or disproving the claim is thereby subverted, and the argumentum ad hominem works to change the subject. Essentially, don't worry for all of you who totally went, why did you use all those huge words? Um, going to go ahead and give you the simple and dirty version. Essentially, let's say two people are arguing, we will call them, two people are arguing, we will call them Charles and James. They have an audience who is listening intently to the debate. Charles says, look, I'm telling you the sky is blue during the day. James says, you are wrong. I declare that the sky is in fact purple during the day. Charles then says, look at this photo. I took it yesterday. It proves that in fact the sky is blue during the day, time stamped and everything. James replies with, well, why should I accept photographic evidence from someone who cheats on their wife? Now, Charles is winning the debate. James decided he cannot defeat Charles's logic and evidence presented. So to attempt to win the debate, he decides to direct the conversation towards Charles' illicit affairs in an attempt to discredit Charles as a person. 
thereby distracting the audience from the weaknesses in his own logic and lack of evidence. This is a fairly obvious example of ad hominem, but if you look closely, you can see it all over the Internet in particular. When you are not face-to-face -face with someone, it is easy to distract people from the original point because now everyone is focused on the new subject. When Charles eventually retreats in shame or frustration, then James will have won. Sometimes people will call each other stupid during the debate to come to the same conclusion, or will switch to personal insults and flames to further the defama defamation of the person defeating them. And particularly if they are teamed up with a pack of trolls, this can be very effective. The intellectual exchange is buried somewhere underneath the piles of bile created by the trolls. The audience either allows these trolls to convince them that the person is discredited, or they just stop reading the thread altogether. Rarely will people stand up to these gangs of intellectual thugs because they don't want to be next. This also allows this kind of behavior to isolate and bring down one person at a time. If you remember that picture in Zeitgeist? Once again, this is kind of just me elaborating. There's a picture that he gives when he's talking about how we ostracize people who are basically holding a position that we don't want people to hold. And it kind of shows like all these little clay people and there's one clay person standing by himself away from the group with his head down because he feels bad for being ostracized. So we're going to move on further into the blog post. Now, once again, this allows this kind of behavior to isolate and bring down one person at a time. Eventually, a forum is left with nothing but its social clique of elites who are on top of the pecking order. And anyone who speaks outside of what they, what they say will be punished into submission. And what is even worse, the social structure sets up a reward system for participating in the hateful behavior. It's the in thing to pick on this person. Some people simply refuse to participate when this is going on. I say this is the worst thing to do. The society of our forum could come together and expose this behavior right away and make it very clear that it will not be tolerated. I honestly feel that the battle against ad hominem, ruining intellectual debate, is more important to, it, is more important to every aspect of our movement. <coughs> Excuse me. The notion that being right or wrong has social implications and consequences was one of the most powerful things holding back mankind. Because as Peter Joseph pointed out in addendum, being wrong should be celebrated because now you know more. Now, I used to moderate for a chat room that frequently had trolls. It was a libertarian chat room, so they would hide behind the free speech as their right to be the means to or to be mean to any member who they saw fit to pick on. They would frequently manipulate the owner of the chat room to allow them back in, then they would be kicked or banned when they would be kicked or banned for their behavior. What the owner failed to see was that allowing this just furthered the bad behavior. So he asked me to come up with a rule that would prevent this from being an issue. The trolls would always accuse me of kicking them or banning them just for disagreeing with them. Some of them had gotten a hold of some issues of my personal life and felt the need to bring them up whenever the debate was going badly for them. When the owner would finally take a look at what was going on, he would just see me, the one person being isolated, and therefore would identify me as the problem. I can tell you that since I've left that chat room, those people just turned and picked on more and more people, and now there's a hell of a lot less people using that chat room. But I digress. We'll get to that later. Um, it is amazing, actually, eventually I came up with the rule um, that was no ad hominem, period. We unbanned everyone and simply enforced the rule that you were not allowed to in any way use personal attack during your debate. You could disagree all you wanted to, but you could not under any circumstances refer to some flaw in the person themselves as a flaw in their debate. It was amazing how quickly the trolls lost interest in the chat room. It absolutely paralyzed them to have such a rule and to have it enforced. This also exposed that I had been claiming all along that people using this debate tactic were rarely there because they actually cared about the subject matter. 
They, like many other dysfunctional members of our society, would just surf the web to look for people to bully from the safety of the Internet. It also opened intellectual discussion in such a way that huge progress was made in the general understanding of the people in the chat room. With the ego no longer being a target for debate, suddenly people started having discussions to further their understandings, not to prove their understanding was better than some other person. I urge the moderators of this forum to consider what I have pointed out here and to apply this same rule to the forums. And I urge the members of our movement to actively seek out and destroy ad hominem and ostracism in the forums and in the chat room. Both of these things are tools of the same system that has kept mankind in this ridiculous state for so long. Now, I want to point something out also about the subject of free speech. Allowing this sort of behavior actually hinders a lot more free speech than you know, just letting these people say whatever the hell they want. And the reason why is because these people are basically allowed to scare other people into not participating in the conversation if they happen to hold an opposing view. This basically allows them to dominate the conversation entirely. The difference is, yes, everybody has the right to go ahead and say something, but that doesn't mean that they will because they don't want to be the target of the next attack. Um, and that's the reason why, I mean, I just, in the end, you know, we did do really well with this rule, and I have seen it used on other forums, and um, it and to a great deal of success, but you have to totally stick to it, and you can't allow any kind of social click to control the, the conversation, because in the end, it's a much more uh, insidious way of controlling thoughts, because then you don't want to be the guy who speaks differently than everybody else, no matter how right you are. And I learned that the hard way. It's one of the reasons I left the Ron Paul movement um, was because I wasn't going along with the plan. Um, when he and Ron Paul endorsed Chuck Baldwin, a theocrat uh, who believed in all kinds of religion being added into the government, uh, they definitely went after me for that. They tried to ostracize me for it, and they even tried to ban me for even talking about it, although I wasn't saying anything wrong. And the ad hominem started on that, too. So in any case, um, that's just the foundation. I'm going to bring on each one of our panelists to see if they have any comments, and then we'll start the conversation. I'm going to start with you, Chibi. You said you had a post of your own about the subject. Uh, maybe you might want to share that as well, but what is your comment so far? Um, well, yeah, my post was more about censorship, but also ended it up um, throughout the post developing into a discussion on ad hom. But uh, I guess... I mean, there's, we all understand what it is. You explained the definition and what you just read. Um, the only thing, uh, like my post was basically about, I didn't like censorship and I didn't, it's not the free speech thing. Like I get what you're saying, that people shouldn't be allowed to just say what they want, especially if it is ad hominem. I'm not for personal attacks and whatnot. My, my idea about free speech was simply that if somebody wants to say, hey, uh, this is what I believe, whether it be aliens or this and that, I think that should be allowed and there should be a place for that. And if people, and they, if they think it ties in somehow, whatever, if people don't support it, then that post should just die. But it's because people keep going back to it and they get into these heated arguments about it. And that often leads to ad hominem that those threads become such an issue in the first place. And that's kind of what my thread was about, but I totally agree that ad homs detract from all of it. I mean, even if somebody believes in aliens or whatever, some weird stuff that most of us don't believe in, um, you know, just attacking the person, say, well, you're just a fucking nut or whatever, uh, it really, there's no, it, that doesn't prove anything. It doesn't say anything about the subject. And uh, I, 
I guess that's pretty much it. I, I think we're all guilty of it at some point or another, but hopefully uh, less and less over time, you know. Definitely, definitely. All right, um, Thunder, did you have anything to say on this subject so far? Yeah, I, yeah, you know, I agree with Chibi. I think if people are honest with themselves, they would admit to having engaged in some form of, of ad hominem at some point, obviously some people more than others. Um, but as I'm sitting listening to your definition, it's interesting that the way I see it, and of course I'm very guilty of doing this a lot when I get frustrated with people, it's just it's easier to just call them an asshole than to explain why they're being an asshole, I guess. And um, so for me, it's it, it, it's a lot of, it's really, uh, I don't want to say hard work, for lack of a better term, but it, it really is a lot more difficult to have a discussion or argument or debate with somebody without ad hom. It's just so easy to slip into that, that you know, that dark cave of throwing uh, insult bombs back and forth. And, you know, I, I think if people would just realize that, you know, that it does nobody any good when you resort to that and, and to work harder uh, to argue the facts and, and not the people. Definitely. Um, and, and it occurred to me we should probably simplify this, but basically what it amounts to, before I bring Paradigm on, is that what we're talking about is, because a lot of people just ask plainly, you know, what is it? Well, what it is, is it is the tendency to attack the person in a conversation rather than address what it is they're saying. Uh, we will get into a lot of different arguments about, or not arguments, we'll get into a lot of different examples about a, that as the conversation progresses tonight, I'm sure. But basically, you know, if you're debating a topic and then they're attacking you as a person in ways that are not in any way relevant to the subject at hand. Uh, so Paradigm, uh, what comments did you have? Yeah, whenever we talk about these issues of uh, things that are considered un, unsanitary for, for discussion and, and that don't really help to, um, to, to further it. I mean, it's like it's really interesting because when you're a little kid, you're taught all these principles. You're told, you know, simple things like, for instance, when you're discussing statistics, correlation does not imply causation. And then you look at all the, the money-making schemes out there that are quote-unquote scientific, and they're all based on this faux pas, basically. They're all based on this idea of, you know, just taking a, a correlation and then just running with it. And yeah, maybe it's not really scientific, but for this specific case, this is really good evidence. And, you know, why? Well, I don't know. But that's just what gets sold, kind of, because it works. People respond to that. People will respond to correlation. And so you use it. And it's, as far as the ad hominem thing, because we're told that that's not good either. I mean, everyone, when they're in school, like, you know, you do not attack the person. You, you stick to the, the statements that they're saying, and you, and you address those. But then where do we see it manifest itself, like, right in full, you know, spotlight? It's in the political realm. And that's just another reason why politics needs to go. I mean, that can't be a viable way of addressing issues as far as, like, deciding what to do with resources or whatever when you got two different people or more than two just addressing each other. I mean, that's the whole political debate right there. It's basically a little bit of, oh, what are you going to do with the taxes? What are you going to do with this? No politicians really can do anything drastic anyways. But the, the major concern is like, oh, this politician's a dirty, lying, cheating person because of this. Oh, no, he's even worse than me because of this. And then it just becomes like, wait a minute, let's look at what you guys are actually going to do about the problems. You know, how are you going to solve the problem that we've been in war, you know, at least 
once every single decade or every other two decades at least in a major war? Why are you guys going to uh, – how are you going to continue or, or discontinue doing that? You know, how are you going to address the poverty issue, right? That stuff kind of gets washed aside, and you just watch these, like, little boxing matches that are just totally for show. It's just really interesting because these are kind of like the people that many of the citizens get their ideas and notions of what is a viable way of addressing someone else's, um, you know, argument with. And so it's like it almost gets disseminated from the top, and we just kind of we were exposed to it. Even though we're told not to from a young age, we're exposed to it in the daily life so much that it just becomes almost ingrained in us. And I wonder if that has kind of a somewhat of an effect. I mean, I know there's tendencies always, even if you're not exposed to that stuff, to kind of go towards addressing the person rather than their argument. I, I, I know that that's definitely a tendency, but I, a part of me always wonders if maybe that's, that precedent and that example is set by the, by the institutions that we see, by the politicians and by the advertising, because advertising is full of that. And I would actually say that advertising uses like the, the reverse of the ad hominem in a way because instead of appealing negatively towards something, it appeals positively towards it, but for the same wrong reason. So you'll just get like this superficial scenario where you have like a doctor dressed up. You have somebody just dressed up in a white lab coat telling you to take this energy drink or something like that, and it's going to somehow do something for you. But this person's just an actor, and they even admit it in the small print, you know. But it just seems like it's a way, the ad hominem is a way of getting rid of addressing the issue. And this appeal to authority that happens as well uh, in advertising is another way of kind of dealing with the fact that you don't actually have any evidence, you don't have any actual um, meat and potatoes to give anyone, to give to anyone, and so you rely on this kind of superficiality, you know. And I, I think that's a that's a concern. I always think about it in the in the in the sense of looking at the examples that are set by our ostensible leaders, you know. And I just think it's really funny that it's replete in you know the political realm and in, in advertising and you know oftentimes even in university. Uh, style debates. I mean, a lot of times I see that there, too. So, And even Christopher Hitchens does it every once in a while, which is kind of a shame because he's got some good points to make. I would say... Go ahead, Chidi. Oh, well, um, yeah, basically what you said all in the media. I mean, in advertising, they always, uh, well, not always, but most of the time you'll see a product saying our product is better than their product, or they don't always directly attack. Sometimes they do. They'll say, oh, yeah, the you know, like Burger King will say, look what McDonald's does, and this is how we're better. Um, it, it doesn't really say anything about their product so much as just insult the other product. And in politics, I mean, what do politicians spend most of their advertising money doing? It's throwing attacks at the other politician, then throwing in one or two comments at the end about how, you know, show them holding a baby and walking through a park, and and that's pretty much it. It's, it's completely ad hominem. And I wouldn't I mean, you said something about us being um, taught that we're not supposed to do that as children, but I, I don't see that. I guess it depends on your upbringing, but especially in the religious community, which here in the U.S. is huge, uh, they tell you right from, you know, childhood on that, oh, don't listen to anybody who, you know, isn't uh, of the same, you know, of, don't listen to a Muslim or an atheist or this or that. They, just listen to the Bible. And Below that is a subtle ad hom because anybody who is not of that, you know, of the Bible or whatever, you know, of the same belief structure, you're automatically taught to say, well, they're just a non-believer or whatever, so cast them aside. And that in itself is that's ad hominem thinking right there because you're not listening to the information that they're giving you. You're only, um, you're just ignoring it. Anything that doesn't line up with your beliefs, you ignore 
and to me, I think that's a form of at home, just even if it's in your head, even if you don't vocalize it, because you're ignoring the information based on the person and their personal life and their beliefs. Yeah, and you know what? I think Paradigm touched on a really uh, key point, too, that we need to focus on or pay some attention to, that it, it's so, the, the act of insulting people is so ingrained in our society, and not just in the United States, everywhere, that I fear that it's just so indoctrinated into our normality or what we call normal that we're not, some people may not even be aware that they're doing it. And that's really sad that, that, that it's, they're in such uh, they're an autopilot. They're, you know, that it's just like, almost like a normal, it's normal to them to argue that way. And I think that's really sad that it's gotten to that point. And think about the fact also, I mean, it goes into a lot of things. It's not just, for example, it's, it's not just uh, indirect conversation. We go out of our way to, to attack people who make us insecure, you know, like in a school, picking on the smart kid because you feel stupid. You know, raising your hand and answering the question is actually a way to get yourself, you know, get something thrown at you or whatever. It's not something you get commended for. Um, and it, that, that's, that's kind of like a, a, only somewhat related to what we're talking about, but it goes into what you're, we, you're discussing is that it, it's kind of ingrained in our society that that's just how you do things. And that actually brings me to another point that I'll bring up on another show. I'm just trying to figure out how best to formulate it was just that a lot of people just kind of actively live in a lie wherein some people are superior to others just because they happen to play a social game. We'll get into that at another time, but... As far as ad hominem is concerned, though, it really has to do with um, you know, there are more blatant examples and there are far more subtle examples. You know, and in, the, in, in politics, it's even worse because if you use it right within the debate structure, uh, Hillary and Obama, for example, would ad hominem each other constantly, which obligates the moderator of the debate to allow the other person to answer. So the two of them would just sit there and talk forever because they would both attack each other at the end of everything they said, which ensured that you know, they were the only two people speaking. Now, that's just an example of, like, you know, rules being allowing you to use ad hominem to your benefit. But it, it's largely just remembering that you're going to find yourself not willing to listen to somebody because you don't like them personally. You know, uh, if Adolf Hitler was the guy in question, for example, saying the sky was blue, uh, it doesn't change the fact that the sky is, in fact, blue. You know, regardless of anything else going on in his life, it was exactly that. It was, in fact, blue. Um, and that's why you got to be careful about, you know, how your perception of somebody will cause you to, you know, just to get, you know, denounce everything they say. It is a good reason, for example, you know, people still have credibility, and therefore you have to evaluate who a person is before you, you know, before you take what they said seriously, but you should at least, you know, do research into it. And that's, that's kind of an example we're talking about where it gets too far, because, it's just too easy for people to resolve to name-calling, and then the point that you're arguing about gets lost. This is especially true in forums and in chat rooms. You know, I'm glad that I happen to be blessed with fast typing fingers, but trolls will jump on you in a chat room, and they'll just cover your points with six or seven of theirs, especially if they're working in a pack. I mean, I wasn't kidding. These people will work in packs. These little cliques of people that will go around attacking people on the Internet you know, in forums, it's also bad because you'll make one post and then the pack of trolls will gang up on you. There'll be six or seven posts that people will have to wade through to get to your one point. And, that, you know, and it makes kind of an overwhelming feeling of, man, this one guy, he must be wrong. I mean, all six or seven of these people are attacking him. 
And, you know, I remember it, it's not unique to the Zeitgeist movement by any means. There's a, there's a message board involved with one of my hobbies, um, and there's a group of people there that, you know, are very resentful of the people who are currently participating in the hobby that we're doing because they're not getting as much attention anymore. So they will gang up on you and attack you, um, and it's generally accepted to do that. And then as we pointed out, the reward system is also important because if you join the trolls in attacking that person, well, then the trolls will come to your aid and your defense later when, they're, when you're in an argument with somebody. There's, it's, it's, that's how this whole system works. And then the truth, the real analytical truth, is lost under all of that wave of ego and crap. It's one of the major reasons why we can't have conversations about things where we exchange information. I mean, an excellent example, the Muslim world had basically figured out what to do about the Black Plague, I, I believe, years before the rest of the world would accept their ideas. Because they were happened to be Arabs, nobody wanted to hear it. It didn't change the fact that they were right. Um, you know, that's an example of how people you know, allow this to happen. And ad hominem is just a tool of using that insane you know, idiotic means of, you know, discrediting somebody as a tool to make yourself look better. At that point, you're making your own self-image more important than finding the truth in the conversation, and this is very dangerous. Unfortunately, it goes on everywhere, and I think that if we are really going to achieve the kind of changes that we want socially, we have to eliminate this. We have to get rid of it entirely as a method by which people engage in conversation. You know, if you have engaged in ad hominem, you've lost. That's what I generally tell people. Well, welcome to losing. You just lost the debate. You know, let me know when you want to be constructive again. So, Yeah, and funny how when you say that to somebody, that tends to push them further into the ad hom vicious cycle. Yeah, but that just causes them to further expose themselves. Right. Any further comments from anybody? Jimmy? Uh, I had some thoughts earlier, but I lost them. Well, damn you. Say something in Skype so I can pull you up. <laughs> in the meantime, if anybody wants to call and get in on this conversation, uh, the phone number to call is 347-945-7747. That number is 347 945 7747. And once again, you're listening to V Radio. Check us out at v-radio.org. That's v-radio.org with a hyphen between the letter V and the word radio. I'm going to post that phone number here in the chat. Obviously, have you ever wants to say something. Have you, ever, have you ever thought about getting rid of the hyphen so you don't have to explain it so long? That always cracks me up. Sorry, I regret. <laughs> hey, well, that's how it's always been from the beginning. So I know. All if I changed it now, nobody would know it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I put the phone number in the, uh, uh, yeah, standard rates do apply, Kane. Uh, to those of you who are asking if you'd like to call in, just uh, please stay constructive and on topic. Yeah, it was, I guess, uh, I mean, we had this discussion earlier, and I hate to repeat it, um, but since this is radio, it's uh, not really repeating, I suppose, but we were talking about this earlier, and something I noticed where on Ventrilo where some of us who are usually constructive, usually um, pretty well-mannered might tend to resort to that as well and why that happens. And when I think about it, it always has to do with something um, that 
we consider woo-woo or hokey or whatever, uh, when something gets a little not within our values, I mean, that's when it happens to most people, obviously. And it happens to us as well. Like, um, So what I thought about is how different we are from society, for example, from mainstream. And mainstream might, some people in mainstream might hear what we have to say and say, those guys are nuts. And they would just, and like kind of ad hom version, just ignore what they say. They're just nuts, right? And they would say that about a lot of different topics that didn't line up with what their pre preconceived notions are. And we do the same thing sometimes. Uh, I try my best not to. I think most of us try not to. But it gets exhausting when you repeat over and over, um, especially on something like Ventrilo or a forum where it's, uh, somebody comes in with something and, oh, free energy or, uh, I don't know, just something that we have discussed over and over and over again. And it's like, okay, I researched it before. Um, last time it was, you know, the first time it was brought up, I looked into it, I gave it its due time, I constructively debated it. I came to an end, and now here comes another person, and another person, and it keeps happening. So it's like, you don't always want to address every single case, and it does become a lot easier to just say, look, oh, you know, you're just crazy and whatever. Um, I mean, I don't usually say it like that, but um, you do get that attitude sometimes. And, and I think it happens with all of us on some level or another. But what I, I suppose the better route would just be to say um, that, you know, if you don't want to discuss it because you're tired of discussing it and don't want to go through and look at it all again, you could just uh, say, you know, something more passive like, well, I discussed this before and I don't want to discuss it more at this time, uh, take it to another channel, something like that. Uh, I know that's Ventrilo, though it doesn't necessarily work on the forums. Uh, maybe they could just be referred to another post where it's been discussed before. Uh, I don't think it should be censored out the first time around as far as like regardless of how crazy it is, hollow moon theory or whatever. I think it should be given, you know, somebody should go in and intelligently, you know, look at their sources and show them where their fallacies are, this and that. And if they, you know, still don't agree at the end, you don't have to resort to ad hom, but you can just let the thread die at that point. And anybody new comes back, send them to that thread and say, look at this information. If you disagree, well, this might not be the place for you and just leave it at that. Maybe it would die then. Yeah, I can certainly see that as a possibility. Um, I think it's it's also important to just to point out that Ad hominem is not just attacking people in general, although obviously personal attacks are something we want to refrain from during good conversation. And, but if, you know, like we had, we had a, a situation recently, for example, uh, where somebody was saying I was you know, using ad hominem against Alex Jones. The reason it wasn't an ad hominem is that I'm not debating with Alex Jones at the moment. If Alex Jones and I were having a debate about, say, I don't know, 9-11, zeitgeist, whatever, and I were to talk about his personal life or something, that would be an example of an ad hominem. If, we're, if the topic of the conversation happens to be the credibility of it, a person, then obviously you run into a point where it is a little bit more complicated to figure out what an ad hominem is. But unless I'm debating with the person in question, it's not ad hominem. It is, of course, if we're debating about something unrelated to the person in question. So basically, you know, and I, I will point out that, once again, I, I think Alex Jones sucks. I just thought I'd point that out. And to, to further add to this, I will use my favorite Alex Jones quote of all time, which is, There, now that I have that out of my system. Um, you, feel be you feel better now? 
<laughs> yeah, I think it, it is a valuable thing for radio hosts to do from time to time. Just just randomly go, you know, it comes in handy. Yeah, <laughs> Here, do it with me, Thunder. Thunder, are you ready? Let, let, let's share this with a couple of radio hosts. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> My kids. I, I was just going to point out. I'm, I still have that document open that we were talking about in, in event before the show, and it's interesting to read some of this stuff. Some of these more, uh, I guess, subtle ad homs. Uh, there's one called uh, circumstantial argumentum ad hominem. Uh, it says the fallacy can also be used as an excuse to reject a particular conclusion. For example, of course you'd argue that positive discrimination is a bad thing. You're white. And it says this particular form of ad hom, when you allege that someone is rationalizing a conclusion for selfish reasons, also known as poisoning the well. So, right. that was very interesting. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, well, because we don't like you, we're just going to reject the, the entire conclusion. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, and it says it's not always invalid to refer to the circumstances of an individual who's making a claim. If someone is a known perjurer, or liar, the fact will reduce their credibility as a witness. It won't, however, prove that their testimony is false in this case. It also won't alter the soundness of any logical arguments they may make. So I think what they're trying to say is just because somebody has priors for being a liar or a perjurer does not necessarily mean that everything they say is going to be a lie. Right, and that's why you have to analyze the argument itself and stay out of the discussion with the person. Exactly. And that's, that's generally it. I mean, it's like I said earlier, people can have credibility issues, and that should cause you to perhaps have caution before you go off just going with whatever they say, you know, without any further research. That doesn't change the fact that what they said may still be true. And I tell people that about Alex Jones. I mean, every now and then I will use something he's put up. You just have to do it with kind of a, a, a grain of salt. Like uh, the stuff that he did about uh, the training that we're giving American soldiers to, you know, to be desensitized to us saying things like, we have rights as American citizens, you can't do this to us. Yeah, that was totally legitimate. But the, the stuff about the Bohemian Grove just sounded like he was trying to make his own Blair Witch Project. And that, that's an example of why you have to be careful about what it is that you, what you go with from anybody, really. I mean, I used to think Michael Moore was pretty cool, and then I found out that he, you know, he fabricates a lot of stuff. You know, so that means that, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and watch Capitalism, a love story, but I'm going to be very careful about how seriously I take him until I do my own research, which is a good idea for anybody. You know, that's, that's basically what happened with me, you know, once again, with the Ron Paul movement. I researched into Chuck Baldwin into the Constitution Party, and I said, this is not for me. There were a lot of other people who didn't want to do that. But... Uh, did you have any further thunder before we turn it back over to Chibi and Paradigm? No, that was it. Go ahead. All right. Paradigm, since you haven't said anything lately, do uh, you have any comments on what we've said so far? No, I think you guys are uh, saying some pretty logical stuff. And uh, I, I do agree. Uh, thunder brought up an interesting point about the whole, you know, if somebody has uh, a reason, you know, reasonable doubt to be biased towards something, you know, it's oftentimes really easy, really, really easy to start uh, – attacking that point, like, oh, of course you're going to be, uh, you know, in favor of welfare. You're obviously dead broke, you know, or whatever it may be, you know. And, and it's actually, that's one of the reasons why we, uh, we do have things like disclosure. I mean, if, you, if you're talking about, 
a certain product or whatever and you have ties to the corporations that produce that. I mean, obviously, that's actually a no-no, and it's a no-no for a reason, but it's, it's, uh, it's not a no-no in the sense that it automatically means that, you, that nothing out of your mouth can be, you know, regarded as, as honest or whatever. Um, and then, in a sense, if you dismiss somebody just because they have ties to whatever, like, for instance, um, if somebody has ties to, uh, you know, the, the oil industry or something like that, and then they say, well, I don't think global warming um, is being caused by human consumption of fossil fuels or whatever, it's arguably, I mean, many people find that as a dead giveaway that it's just this person cannot be trusted. And some people say, well, maybe they cannot be trusted. We certainly have reason to believe that they might not be trusted, but we should still, we should basically proceed with caution. And I think sometimes um, that gets, you know, overlooked on both sides. A lot of times people will try to give arguments that that's absolutely not, you know, there's no reason why somebody that's poor that is in favor of, uh, you know, welfare should be, should be at all looked at with a skeptical, you know, um, a skeptical eye or something like that because, you know, that's just unfair to them. And then on the other hand, there's also the, the opposite of that where if anybody has any sort of tie to any, you know, um, corporate interest regarding what they're, what they're professing to be, to be fact, we can't uh, agree with them either. But there is a middle ground, and I think that it's, I mean, it's, it's an art. I mean, it, honestly, the, the, um, the application of understanding how to scrutinize um, each situation, it's kind of an art. There's no, like, definite path, but um, there's definitely abuse. There's definitely the tendency to, uh, to resort to, to, to either side of that, actually. So um, I don't know what to do about it, honestly. I mean, there's, uh, there's always going to be that tendency, and I suppose it's just going to eventually be one of those things where it goes away as people become more nuanced in their ability to kind of address these individual cases, case by case, and be able to, you know, as Jacques says, extract significance and, and understand how to decide uh, whether or not we should be more skeptical in this area or less skeptical or, you know, whatever. But uh, that's a good point that Thunder brought up, and I think that uh, that, should be, um, that should be discussed a little bit. So, uh, Chibi, did you have anything further to add before I bring Thunder back? Uh, no, I I did want to agree with you that just in a, there is a difference between an ad hominem attack and an attack that's, you know, about somebody who's not even there or whatever. I mean, it's just like, yeah, you know, Dan's an idiot or whatever, like just some random thing. Uh, that's not an ad hominem. That's something totally different. I don't know if I would classify that as uh, good or bad or whatever. It just is what it is, but it, it's not the same as an ad hominem, and I agree with you on that point. And that was something I had found myself defending myself for as well at one point. Well, I definitely agree with that. Uh, did you have anything further, Thunder, before I launch onto my next dialogue? No, go ahead. I'm, I'm good. Well, um, <clears throat> basically what I would tell you is that you're going to want to do your best to eliminate ad hominem as much from your vocabulary as possible. Um, and the reason for this is that even if you're right, and that the other person is wrong. Setting a precedent for allowing that sort of uh, debate you know, to be you know, acceptable is bad for everybody because it's going to come up later, you know, um, eventually. You know, it's going to come around to bite you, you know, because people are going to use it on you. And basically, when, you, when you're dealing with this sort of stuff, when you're dealing with people, you know, you're frustrated, you know, you get yourself to the point where you're all heated up and all that. You know, you're, gonna, um, you're kind of upset about it, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, 
you can't allow yourself um, to fall into the trap uh, because you know you may even think to yourself it, it's helping me relieve some frustration. I mean, I had to help somebody in Vitrillo with that recently, actually. You know, um, just to remind you to stay calm because particularly when you when once you start down the road of personal attack, the intellectuals, the people that you're actually trying to get the information you know to are going to be the ones who are going to stop listening to you at that point. So um, just something really to consider. Go ahead, Chidi. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's funny that even some of the most uh, brilliant people around today, uh, like Dawkins, for example, is, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people know who he is. Uh, you know, his, uh, maybe it's an indirect ad hom, but he has dismissed the information based on an ad hominem, like, oh, that's just... BS, it's nuts or whatever, and uh, I don't like that style of doing it. Um, it, I mean, even in the God Delusion, his book, you know, he, uh, in some of his debates as well, you know, he sort of resorted to that and just said, well, well, that's that's preposterous, that's ridiculous, it's nuts, you're crazy, whatever, and that uh, it, it's disappointing when you see it. Um, I'm able to keep listening and, and extract some value from it, but it is disappointing, and, and you see everybody kind of. That's why I said everybody does it, it seems like. Um, hopefully we can get away from it, you know, little by little. But uh, that's pretty much it. Cool. Yeah, that was, I, was, I, I agree with Chibi. And, and I'm assuming, is this an hour show today? Or are we going to be... Yeah, it's an hour. We can okay. go longer if you guys want. No, I, yeah, I, was just, I was just curious. I'm trying to keep an eye on the clock, but... You know, we, we talk about these things. We we give examples. Uh, obviously, we know it's it's not an effective way to debate anybody. And you touched on this as you moved on. And I guess I want to stay on it a little bit and just try to because we we seem to do this a lot. I, I think we're all guilty of uh, bringing up a point, arguing the point. You know, whatever it may be, talking about how screwed up this is or that is, but I'd like to spend some time on figuring out how to resolve, you know, uh, as Jock would say, arriving at a decision on how to resolve the issue or the problem. And that's what I'd like to talk about, at least for the last part of the show. Well, certainly. Um, I, I do want to comment really quickly on, it is effective in that you can win the debate, but the fact that you think that what you're doing requires a winner and a loser is actually where the real problem is. Did you succeed in getting people to leave you alone and you know concede to you? Yes. Did you can Did you succeed in communication? No, you didn't. Go ahead, Thunder. No, I I agree. That's that's true. And I was I was looking back at this document again and and reading this other uh, another form of ad hom that as I kept I've read it like three times, going wow that that's actually an ad hom. I never understood it to be one. And it says. Um, this form is to try and persuade someone to accept a statement you make by referring to that person's particular circumstances. For example, uh, quote, therefore it is perfectly acceptable to kill animals for food. I hope you won't argue otherwise, given that you're quite happy to wear leather shoes, unquote. But I, I, I take that a little further because we've experienced this in, in Bent, where certain people will come in and they will argue uh, their point and because uh, somebody disagrees with it, their, their only argumentation for the validity of their point is, well, you just haven't 
you have never experienced it the way I have or experienced it at all. Therefore, I'm right and you're wrong. And I guess that's, in a way, a form of ad hom. Well, you're not open-minded enough. That's right. <laughs> right. And the funny thing is that that's an ad hominem because you're pointing out that you're, you're trying to say that the person's credibility in the subject matter is, is lacking because they haven't directly experienced something. We run into that all the time with the psychedelic drug argument, uh, the yeah, various other arguments. Yeah, and it's it, as if, you know, I mean, there are a lot of things that I don't have to experience myself to have an educated opinion on. I usually use the, you know, I know that drinking bleach is probably a bad idea. I, I don't need to drink bleach to figure that out. <laughs> right, but, or walking off a cliff. <laughs> right, you know, and it's, it's an excellent example. You know, I, it, it, but remember, gravity, <laughs> gravity is just a word. It's not a rule. <laughs> yeah, gravity has no authority. It has no legitimate that. authority over me, right. Um but but yeah, you get the idea, and it just it's it's whenever you're going into you know well the reason you don't appreciate what I'm saying is X, and it doesn't it, you know, I'm not saying experience doesn't value you know is valuable in many things because it is, but somebody could be inexperienced in something and come up with a really good idea about it, you know and, and you know you you as an experienced person should have experienced that you know at one time you didn't know everything and you learned through experience with other people giving you these ideas. It's just like for example. If I were in charge of the modern military, I would do away with officers altogether. I, I would just get rid of them because the idea that I went to college somehow makes me a better field officer in combat is ridiculous. You know, um, I remember like all the different stories about you know in Vietnam because we were churning out soldiers so fast. How many officers would show up in Vietnam and start telling you know master sergeants and gunnery sergeants what to do? You know who had spent their entire life on the front lines. So that's an example of you know. That, but, you know, in, in this question, because obviously this person's been to college, that somehow makes them better. So I can ad hominem on the person who's not, has, hasn't gone to college, that somehow makes them no longer, you know, not as effective as leaders as these guys who may have went to college for accounting of all things. He gets to be a lieutenant, and I'm a sergeant, as if that makes any sense. Well, I think you have to decipher, too, between, uh, you know, practical experience and impractical experience. For example, uh, I could, you know, Paradigm has turned me on to a different way of eating, uh, i.e. a vegan diet. And I can tell you from my experience that it's the greatest thing, greatest thing that I've ever done. I've felt, never felt better, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the point also is the practical um, about that is there is plenty of science to back up the way I'm feeling. It's not just like saying, oh, I took some LSD and I had this trip and I felt this way and I saw magic men and all this stuff and because I experienced that therefore there's validity in taking LSD it's it's just there's practical experience and there's impractical experience the way I see it anyway right well I mean we could go on to a whole other show on that subject but I see what you're talking about and it's um, it, well especially if it, one of the problems with what you're talking about though is that it's the experience the person is having actually inhibits their ability to even understand what's happening to them so that isn't going to work. Whereas you, you know, eating well is actually enhancing your ability to perceive what's happening to you. It makes your senses more keen. It makes you more healthy overall. So absolutely. In a, anyway, on that note, since Paradigm's been quiet, it's your turn, Paradigm. Say something. You're, you, you got, got a bunch of crickets here, man. I'm, I'm giving you crickets this time. I got nothing. I agree with you guys. I, I like what I hear. Excellent, excellent. All right. Well. Go ahead, I would make a comment about uh, 
you know, when you were talking about as far as when you debate, um, and the, just using the word debate, and you think of like a po two podiums and uh, sort of the political debate, it's not even really about information or, or anything. And, and thinking of a winner and loser is sort of bypassing the idea of just exchanging information, and I agree with that. Uh, a lot of times a debate is just for the audience, and it doesn't really matter what, you know, the validity of the information, and really in a debate on a podium, uh, what, how much information can you really give? How much evidence can you show standing on a podium at a college somewhere or something? Not that much. I mean, it's mostly just words. So, and whether, same thing on a forum or anywhere else on the internet, you're not going to change, you don't really expect to change the person you're debating with. I mean, the idea, it, it would be nice, but there's usually an ego involved, and it's not going to work that way. So even if you're just going to consider the audience, you would still try to refrain from ad hominem because, um, for example, you know, somebody really smart I know was making great points and winning a debate, and yet towards the end got frustrated that the other people who weren't presenting inf information weren't, you know, they were losing the debate clearly, but he became so frustrated with them that they wouldn't concede to his point that he resorted to ad hominem. And at that point, it becomes sort of like, I mean, was he winning? Sure. But if you were really to look at it, uh, it, it kind of lowered himself in a way. And, and that's, you know, disappointing to see. And it happens with intellectuals quite often. And uh, I think it's because you're, you know, both sides are going into it like they're going to win over the other one. And it doesn't work that way most of the time. Anybody who's willing to sit there and argue back and forth for 20 pages on a forum is not about to concede on anything. They're just going to yeah. argue and eat it into the ground. And Yeah, he's right. And, and that's I agree with Chibi. Why, why do we need to use the word debate even? I mean, doesn't that kind of, you know, even if it's uh, subconsciously set up this argumentation scenario that, that there's going to be a winner and a loser that somebody's going to be right and somebody's going to be wrong and it just sets this whole precedent for that why can't it just why can't we just have conversations or discussions if you will dialogue uh, dialogue there you go yeah. i mean and that's that's it, actually that, that comes back to what i said earlier about how it, it it you always think there used to be a winner and a loser and nobody wants to be a loser there's all these negative connotations to that and remember like that's why i quoted musashi was Musashi said, today's goal is to defeat yesterday's understanding. Not to defeat you know, your understanding as a person. As in, it's, you're not defeating a person, you're defeating your own ignorance, essentially. Your goal should be to defeat the yesterday's understanding. Now you've learned something more. You know, he would tell his, you know, his students that every day before they would start practicing. Let's defeat yesterday's understanding. You know, and that's, we are paralyzed because you get to a point where you can't do that anymore. That's why... You know, like when we had the open source ecology interview, Marchin talked about the fact that when he was going to school, he realized he was dealing with a bunch of closed-minded individuals who, by the time they left, they thought they knew it all, you know, and they, didn't, they weren't interested in anybody else's debate. And, you know, and if, like, for example, you know, if you're not credentialed, that's the, that's the first ad hominem you get nailed with is not being credentialed. You know, that's why Jacques Fresco gets it sometimes. And then Jacques Fresco pointed out that at the time that, you know, the Wright brothers were making the right flyer, you know, the credentialed physicists were writing books about why we would never be able to fly. You know, I guess it's a good thing we never listened to that. I mean, you know, oh, man, look at those. There's a couple of bicycle mechanics. You know, what a couple of loons. Look what they're up to. And what if they had done that? And what if they had succeeded? What if they had managed to intimidate the Wright brothers into not doing their work? 
you know, how much further would we be held back? Absolutely. I I see a lot of, I mean, ad hom is everywhere, and uh, I guess one example that was in my head was, uh, uh, like, Christianity debates, and yes, they have them, lots of them. And one good one uh, between William Craig and Frank Zindler, which you might not know who they are, but they both wrote books or whatever. But they get into this debate. Literally, it's held in a church auditorium. <laughs> and uh, throughout the debate, the Christian's argument is against morals over and over again. Um, the other side is making certain points about the Bible, and, they, and then the other guy will always come back with, well, that's not really relevant because, you know, the question of God isn't necessarily linked to the Bible. You could believe in whatever, but the thing is, without God, you wouldn't have morals, and therefore, if you don't believe there's a God, uh, you're not, you know, a very moral person. And it's like, well, and this is supposed to be a professional debate, and yet it, it just boggles the mind sometimes. And at the end, of course, they even took a survey of who wins and loses. Well, did you, you know, believe? And, of course, it was like 95% said that the Christian side won, but it was like he offered nothing the entire time, didn't debate any points, and I see this over and over again in different debates. Uh, in political debates, it's a little different because they're not offering information anyways. They're just arguing about platform differences, and it, I mean... There's no information in either side, so it's kind of yeah. Well, you know, in in these in this last four minutes, I want to give some really good obvious examples that came up on Ventrilo earlier, so the people who are trying to understand ad hominem have them. Um, I brought this up on another radio show, but it had to do with Penn and Teller's episode about 9/11 Truth. Um, Penn and Teller do some pretty decent stuff, but I was very disappointed with their episode about 9/11 Truth. Because they didn't address any evidence at all. They, they, the guy just basically sat there dropping the F-bomb like every 30 seconds or so. You know, these people are effing stupid and effing this and, you know, you're effing pathetic if you even think this and effing, the, you know, just like bam, 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 bam. And that, that was really all the content they had. They didn't discuss any of the evidence. Now, that was more up, fa up in your face, okay? Another example of ad hominem we discussed was uh, popular mechanics versus uh, the, the kids from Loose Change, wherein the kids from Loose Change were bringing up evidence, whether you agree with 9-11 truth or not, that doesn't change the fact that you know, they brought up their evidence. You know, they, they, and meanwhile, all popular mechanics was talking about was the mentality of the conspiracy theorists. They go on to basically try to say that you know, poor Jason and his friend were just you know, uh, basically you know, victims of this mentality, this conspiracy theorist psychology, and that's the reason they felt the way they did. So uh, we're now down to the last 90 seconds of the show, so I want to ask anybody if they have any other parting examples of ad hominem. Actually, I don't, but I did want to, before we go, say, um, while Chidi was talking about the whole religious thing, that, that could be a whole other show, but it was interesting that the other day we had somebody come in vent that was this devout Muslim, you know, the whole pray to Allah 20 times a day and the whole nine yards. And what I found to be amazingly great was that the people that were in vent at the time, nobody used ad hom, nobody attacked this guy, or at least from what they were saying or typing in the chat, had any predisposition to that this guy is a bad guy just because he's a Muslim. Uh, and it was very interesting to have a dialogue with this person and listen to him uh, talk about his views and stuff, and he was a very nice guy. So 
just because somebody is something doesn't mean they are something, I guess, in simple terms. You know, that's very right, and that actually brings up one of the most important parts about it, is that it's not even effective. That is, of course, if your goal is to try to communicate your ideas. If you guys had attacked that Muslim, do you think he would have left the situation with a better understanding or even, you know, willingness to understand the Venus Project? Probably not. not. Probably not. not. Yeah, and I'd add to that. It depends on what your definition of is is. Do you want to go past? Yeah, you can go ahead if you want, if you guys have further comments, because most of my listeners are downloaders anyway. So those of you listening on the live show, uh, the rest of this conversation will be available in the, in the, in the download. So thanks again for listening to B Radio. Visit, uh, visit v-radio.org. So go ahead with what you were saying. Yeah, go ahead, Paradigm. Uh, the definition of is based on what I commented on earlier, is that what you were talking about? No, I was just throwing in a little Bill Clinton joke. Oh, <laughs> okay. No, but I think what you were saying is relevant. It's the sense that your your disposition about anything is always constantly changing, even if you don't want to admit it. I mean, some people will say, well, I already know this, and so there's no way that anything, I mean, you have to always be open to the, the possibility uh, that whatever you know right now, everything that you know, that you think you know, can be uh, with the right amount of evidence, with the right amount of, you know, inferences and, and, and you know, um, available evidence that you can, you can definitely take that and say, all right, I have to give up my preconceived uh, ideas that I previously had. And so in that sense, what, I think what you were saying is that, you know, whatever someone is isn't what they are in the sense that what they are is something that is constantly changing. And so just because, you are, just because somebody is something at any given moment, obviously they can... You know, you don't have to refer to them as that, as if that's always going to be the way they are. And they also have to understand that that, most people, that's the problem, is that I think everyone else understands that everyone is in a constant state of flux, but the individual themselves, oftentimes, they kind of somehow think that they're not subject to that. Like, everyone else is, is constantly changing their mind, but I'm not. You know, I know everything, and, and uh, you know, therefore, I don't have to really worry about myself giving up my own thoughts. And so... I always try to, like, approach a discussion, or I'll even say debate, because sometimes debate is used. Um, but whenever I approach that kind of a situation, I think of it as kind of like a card game, where you have certain cards in your hand, the other person has certain cards in their hand, uh, then you've got to put them both on the table. You can't just let the one person show you their hand and then say, yeah, I beat that. What do you mean that you beat that? i got a royal flush over here. How do you beat that? What do you have in your hand? You know, it's like you have to, put, you have to both put your cards on the table, and then... Hopefully the idea is you reach a consensus about who has the best hand or who has the best explanation, and then, you know, you go on with that. But oftentimes what happens is one party will wait and basically let one person put their cards on the table, and then the other person will just say, oh, yeah, you're definitely wrong because your, uh, your cards are, you know, they have the black uh, backs on them, and those are the ones that are just useless. Nobody even, nobody even worries about those cards. Those are obviously junk cards. You, know? you can't do that. You can't just, without even showing your own, you know. Sorry for the analogy. I'm sure Chibi's probably, like, gritting his teeth on that. No, that, that was actually great. It's, I was laughing through it, actually. You know, you know I guess the kind of... You, you go ahead, Chibi. Uh, I was just thinking, it's funny how sometimes it seems like we're not going to have enough to talk about, but now it seems like this could go on for another hour. So go ahead. What I was going to say has to do with the, once again, coming back to the effectiveness of it and what your goal is is a really important point that I think it needs to just be reemphasized over and over again, is that if your goal is to exchange information, 
And that, you know, and for, you know, that's the other thing is that this is why Mr. Fresco is against opinions, because we should be trying to arrive at conclusions. Opinions. People become defensive of their opinion. It's like their property, you know, their opinion. Uh, it's their self-image, their opinion, you know, as if it's something that is, you know, absolutely required for them as a human being to have. And it's not to say that you can't have, you know, so far you haven't come to any conclusions. You know, it doesn't, it's not that you can't think for yourself. The idea is, is that we want you to think all the way and therefore, you know, all the way to actually getting a good conclusion, a strong conclusion, that's when you should stop. And at that point, it's not an opinion anymore. It's provable fact. That's what you should be going for. And when it comes to ad hominem, you're talking about your opinion being more important than the truth. It's not as important that we find the truth. It's more important that I just don't lose. And, and that's where we lose so much, you know, that's where we get into so much trouble. I mean, you know, they went after the guy, you know, we've, we point this out all the time, who proved that the earth wasn't flat. You know, I mean, he got all kinds of attacked. He got called a heretic, and I think they actually killed him. I'd have to look that up, but you get the idea. Yeah. You know, that's the, the the biggest ad hominem of all time. You damn heretic, we're going to burn you at the stake for proving yeah. that the earth is flat. You know, and, and now who was, who, who was helped in that situation? Well, the Catholic Church, they got to feel more secure. You know, that, that doesn't for a moment mean that mankind was any better off because of that exchange. Right. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to distinguish. Like Mario was saying, sometimes it is sort of, a game and I think it's it's it is so much easier as Thunder said at the beginning of this conversation sometimes because you don't necessarily want to always go through all that research it depends on what it is but I think that is a paradigm to overcome uh, it's something that I think is engraved into us as part of this culture the way this culture works you know you just attack and others and that builds yourself. I mean, everything's competitive, right? I mean, that's the basis of it. So it works in our communication and exchange of information as well as competition. You don't have to be right necessarily. I mean, winning a 100-meter dash doesn't make you a better person. It just means you ran it a little bit faster than the other guy. It doesn't mean the other guy didn't also run fast, and it doesn't, it doesn't really mean anything, but I'm just saying that that basis of competition in your the way you think of things and the way identity, that's one thing I liked about uh, Addendum when it brought up the identity and how we hold on to information because we feel like it's part of our identity. Our belief systems and our value systems and all these things make up our identity. Well, that plays a huge role in what we're talking about because if somebody is a Christian or maybe I should step away from religion. If somebody is a, uh, a I don't want to say meat lover either with Mario here. I just if somebody believes something that like has a, a true impact on their life and who they are and what they do every day, and they believe that thing, and somebody else comes up with information, they might be more educated in an area and more able to present the ideas than that person. Well, what is that person going to do to defend his identity about the information he holds that makes him who he is? It's part of it, who he is anyways. He has nothing he can do except attack the other person, say, we, you're just a fucking retard or a nut or a dude, whatever, you know, just push it, as anything to just push it away from you. And that kind of thinking, I think, is also part of our culture. It's another form of, I, I mean, it's, there's a lot of factors involved between ego and, 
uh, identity, which are linked, and competition, which is a huge part as well. But I think it all plays into that and how we deal with um, exchanging information. Yeah, and that's actually the motive behind ad hominem in general. Um, and I want to apologize to my listeners, uh, anybody who heard the profanity, although I don't personally mind it, I do list the show as everyone so that you can listen to it if your kids are around. But anyway. Did I curse? Yeah, you did. Oh, <laughs> it's no big deal, though. You didn't know. Yeah, um, and it, it's not that I jump on everybody for profanity. I just want anybody to be able to listen to my show. But um, in any case... Um, uh, it, it, do, it does have to do with that. And that's, that's actually exactly what ad hominem is. is I'm attacking your, your self-image. Um, I'm basically attacking you as a person to try to distract you, to basically to take your mind off of your very well-thought-out debate. Um, it, it's, it's, it's just like taunting somebody when you're in a sword fight with them to try to get them not to be focused on the fight at hand. And it's also when you're dealing with other people, and that's what it's mostly about is the audience, like you said. You know, it's more important to you that you don't lose credibility as a person than it is for you to actually be right. And the only way you're going to be right is if you accept sometimes that you're wrong. Right. That's a problem. I guess the example I was going to use, and I know Paradigm Theories and, and Thunder as well is now uh, promoting veganism. And, you know, I, I feel it's right as well, but... I guess it is a great example because you see a lot of people get really passionate as soon as you touch that. Like if you say anything about meat being bad or whatever, I mean, think about that. Every single day what people feed themselves, that is part of their everyday lifestyle. And some people hunt, you know, on every hunting season or even beyond, even when it's illegal, whatever. But uh, it's it's like for you to attack that is something – it would mean for them to accept that information, whether it was right or not, would mean changing their entire life on that information. And that's not something that's done easily. So you're not going to walk away from a debate, you know, quote, unquote, convincing another person, especially on the Internet, on a forum. I mean, you know, you're not going to convince anybody of anything as far as uh, changing their – well, I, sh I shouldn't say you're not going to, but you're very – low chance of success when it comes to that. And so that's why it's important not to go into ad hom um, even when you're winning as well because it just takes away from the credibility as opposed to adding to it. I mean, other people can look at the information and they're going to think about it and they're going to look up. Some people are going to look it up for themselves. Some people aren't. But if you resort to ad hominem right away, somebody has something they can grab onto and say, look, see, this guy's an asshole. I don't have to listen to him, you know, and then they don't have to change anything. They don't have to, it, they'll look for anything they can. And so, I don't know. Debate. That comes back to the, the social victory versus the intellectual victory we were talking about earlier. You know, it, it's more important to people that they come out looking good than it does for them to be looking right. Right. And I don't necessarily think that's the way it should be, but it, it tends to be how it is. Uh, so it's best, I mean, it's in your best interest to try and um, present yourself as best as possible, you know, if you're trying to present something controversial especially. That's definitely right. Um, and I, I think that uh, particularly because we're trying to get across to people as intellectuals, you know, the other thing about it is that, you know, when somebody tries to bait you into doing that, don't follow them. Uh, in fact, do the opposite. You continue to maintain yourself as calm and collected, and then the other person will start to look nuts. 
Because why is this person cussing this guy out and acting like a total jerk? Eventually, you break the spell. Once you engage them with it, however, then people aren't even paying attention to what you were debating about. In many cases, they'll forget. It's just like all the various couples that you see who get into a deep, heated argument about something. In many cases, they don't even remember what they were fighting about because the argument became about unrelated personal attacks and had nothing to do with what it is they were discussing originally. And that's why I call it you know, a huge threat to communication between human beings. Because you're, you know, as soon as you allow that stupid base, ego-based, you know, instinctual stuff to become more important than the intellectual content, you have failed as an intelligent being. Anybody else? <laughs> oh, that uncomfortable silence. No, I, as I'm listening, I, I wanted to throw this to the wind, and I mean, I'm not you know, a big fan of conspiracy theories per se. But, you know, I find it interesting that the upper 1% probably don't have issues like this. They probably don't argue. And as George Carlin, I'm sure you're familiar with, said it very well, uh, you know, the upper 1% do what they do to the rest of us to keep us fighting amongst ourselves so that they, the rich, can keep going to the bank. And, you know, whether that's intentional or not, I don't know. I mean, it could be argued until the cows come home, but I find it interesting that that I seriously doubt that they argue amongst themselves very often, that their goal, uh, again, whether it's intentional or not, is actually to get the rest of us fighting amongst ourselves. And, and it's sad because uh, I remember, and I, I'll, I can't quote it exactly, but something about, uh, I watched some show uh, where, um, I think it was a cop show or something, and and the one guy said, you know, why, why is it that the, the bad guys are always one step ahead of us, are always, you know, we're, we're always defeated by this, this other group of people, and you can apply it to the upper 1%. Why? Because they're working together, and we're not. We're not. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. You know, I, I can't help but think that as a very relevant um, well, yeah, especially if their goal is to dumb us down, encouraging ad hominem debate tactics is a great way to keep people stupid because at that point, anytime somebody comes up with a new and innovative idea that breaks the mold, it's extremely easy to ad hominem somebody like that. If your idea is unusual, it's very easy to jump on somebody for that. Um, you know, And it, it, it certainly would help anybody who has any sort of... Uh, uh, like as you were pointing out, any kind of ulterior motive to keep people stupid to encourage this kind of behavior and reward it. Uh, go ahead and continue. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to say, I know most of us or some of us are not big TV watchers, but look at what's on the damn TV for crying out loud. All these uh, reality shows that have popped up in the last few years, and what is it all about? People arguing and ad hominem and fighting and that's just, I mean, and it, the drama, the sheer drama of it that just uh, just captures people's attention and holds their attention. No wonder we're having so many problems, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, and we, we, we turned it into a spectator sport. I mean, that's what Jerry Springer is about. That's what... You know, all of the, a lot of these, you know, you basically get, you know, it's like you'll hear the, ooh, you burned that guy. You know, you'll be talking about that for hours. You know, 
I can still see that to some degree, but it's a question of what is it that you did that was such a great accomplishment? Did you call Roseanne Barr fat, or did you successfully debate with her about a subject? You know, and and that's that, that's a major difference. Did you have something else, Chibi, or is that thunder keying up? That was me, but uh, I was just agreeing with you. I'll meet myself. Yeah, uh, I agree with all that as well. It's it's hilarious to watch once you realize the stupidity. Well, the uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's silly. And paradigm, the ever silent. Yeah, as for me, I'm just munching on some food here, so I'm sorry for not keying in too much. That's okay. We'll forgive you this time, but next time we'll sentence you to four years of watching the Home Shopping Network with no credit card. And then afterwards, we'll make you eat an entire roast beef. Wow, I guess I'm going to become bulimic. But as long as I can do it with the sound off, that's cool. (laughs) Good luck with that one. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, um, unless anybody had anything further to add, I guess we can cap this off. Thanks again, everybody, for coming on. Uh, thanks again for everybody for tuning into V Radio. Make sure that uh, if you're reading, you're listening to this on archive, uh, that you catch tomorrow. We have Peter Joseph on at 7 p.m. Eastern time, same time as this show. Uh, the links are available in the Zeitgeist forums. Make sure that you uh, visit vradio.org. That's v-radio.org. Um, we're still looking for donations to stay on the air this month. Um, things are getting a little bit better financially, but they just keep bobbing up and down. So um, that's kind of part of the problem is my finances are dependent on boarders who rent rooms for me, and whenever my roommates decide that they want to be uh, gimps, then that basically screws me, and that's exactly what happened. I actually had a guy move out of my house through the window in the middle of the night. <laughs> you can believe it because he didn't want to pay his rent. I, I didn't catch him, but it's just it's it's hilarious to me that somebody would be doing stuff like that. And it is, it, it's like one of those moments like when you're in Pulp Fiction, where you know you're like, oh man, I wish I could have just caught him doing it. It have been worth him doing it just so that I could have caught him. And not because I'd have done anything mean to him, but just because I would have laughed at how pathetic he was that he was sneaking out of a you know a bedroom window <laughs> to keep from paying rent. Um, but anyway. Uh, thanks again to everybody for tuning in. Um, you know, say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. And remember, the ad hominem attack doesn't add up. That's right. Oh, that was cheesy. <laughs> hey, you just you just ad hominem him, man. You you get a timeout. I don't have another hour to explain why it was cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> just so you were aware. Claiming that somebody's statements that are, happen to be made out of milk and other processed foods is not a successful debate tactic. Right, Paradigm? Well, there you have it. Especially animal foods. That's right. <laughs> thanks again for tuning in, everybody. I'm going to disconnect from Blog Talk now. Uh, thanks again for listening to V-Radio, and I hope that I'll have more of you tomorrow. I will be taking callers with Mr. Joseph. Just as I said, please stay on topic and um, get the subtle hint or I will kick you off the air. You take care, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.